0: Hey, I'm Ashley Lemieux, and I'm here to help you uncover the greatest power in your life. You. After going on my own healing journey, I realized I was looking for the wrong thing, a way out. But I didn't need a way out. What I really needed was a way in to fully uncover who I am. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tools and inspiring interviews to help you create a clear pathway forward in areas of your life that you might feel stuck or overwhelmed in. I'm not here to be the expert on your life you are what i want is to help you believe that so get ready to reframe your thoughts reimagine your future and reclaim your power are you ready i am we are officially just one week away from the release of my new book i am here i hope that you've pre-ordered it if not there is still time go ahead to anywhere where books are sold online and go pre-order i am here because when you do Everyone who pre-orders is invited to join our month-long book club for the month of May where every single Monday we are going to go over the themes in the book together so that we can do this healing work together. So much healing happens when we can come together as a community. And if that's not even great enough, our opening night kickoff guest, have you heard who it is? Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town is joining us to kick things off. I'm so excited for this really intimate night with her as we kick off the book club and then everyone who orders from Changing Hands Indie Bookstore who you can find online will get a signed copy of my book and you'll be invited to another exclusive virtual night on May 4th which is the release day of my book where Sharon says so and I will be having a virtual conversation that she is moderating and I just really want you to be there so Go purchase I Am Here, wherever books are sold. It comes out on May 4th. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the I Am Podcast. Today I have a really incredible guest with us who I'm so excited to talk to, and I'm so excited for you to hear all of her Wisdom and expertise. I have Dr. Julie Hanks here. She's a licensed psychotherapist. She's an assistant professor, content creator, author, and owner of the Wasatch Family Therapy and host of the Ask Dr. Julie Hanks podcast. She has nearly 30 years of experience, and she provides a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower women to prioritize their dreams, revolutionize their families, and personalize their faith. Dr. Julie, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm thrilled to be with you, Ashley. Thanks for the invitation. You know, I, one of the biggest questions that I get asked is how people um, leave religion or how they find themselves after leaving a religion that they've grown up in or, just so I feel like so many women are struggling with their faith and what they've been taught for a long time and then what they feel inside of their bodies. And I have a hard time answering because I don't know. And I know that it looks different for everyone. And I know that everyone's journeys are so different. And, but I also know that there are answers and that there are things that people can do when they are, having a big faith transition, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you today, because you are the expert <laughs> in this thing that so many people have questions about that a lot of people are also afraid of. They're afraid of, they're afraid of asking, they're afraid of finding help about it a lot. I know a lot of people have t- are taught that it's wrong or that the questions are wrong. And I mean, no matter what the faith is, I just love so much that online and in your practice and everything you do, the safety that you create that gives people permission to process these feelings and create a p- clear path for their lives. It's really powerful. So mm-hmm. I guess you. I mean I feel like there's so many places where <laughs> oh, <are laughs> well, lots of questions start. In there, There's right? so many questions. <laughs> I kind of want to, I kind of want to start here. I kind of want to start. For these women who are listening, and they are in this phase of, I don't feel right, or some of these things are that I once believed, or that I taught were right, are no longer sitting right with me. If someone comes to you in that place and they have no idea, literally, what happens next or what they're even allowed to ask or do, what is that first step for them?
1: It is to accept and recognize what you're experiencing and that it's valid so many women uh, in that situation actually don't trust themselves they've learned that authority is outside of them that other people know best that leaders know best and so I help people claim their personal authority whether they're leaving their faith or they're staying in and just having a different relationship claiming your personal authority is key.
0: Why do you, that's so powerful because I, you're right, we're taught that there's these other things outside of us that have the authority to tell us what to do or, or what we shouldn't do, be doing. And, and this doesn't mean of course, right? Like there's, there's rules, there, there's guidelines, there's ways in which There are still rules to life. Like we can't all just run free of
1: how to treat people. And yeah,
0: exactly. But when it comes to your inherent authority to choose like what you believe and what you're following, um, I, I feel like that's been taken from a lot of people. Why, why do you, why is that? Why is it that so many of us don't trust ourselves to make our own decisions?
1: I think we just haven't been taught. We haven't been taught that we are trustworthy, that our gut can be trusted, that our intuition is usually right. That, you know, so we've been trained, most of us who are, who've been raised in patriarchal conservative religions have been taught to kind of give our authority to someone else and to not trust. Ourselves.
0: In your experience, I'm really curious to know this, and this might be a little bit of a tangent. But in your experience, in this work that you do, um, do you find that men and women have an equal problem to trusting themselves when it comes to this, or is it skewed on the side of women have a harder time if they've grown up in a patriarchal system, or is there a relationship there at all? My anecdotal
1: experience is that women have a harder time because men tend to be privileged in patriarchal religions. And so they're told that they have more authority or more power, or or they ha- have the potential to be in those positions of power where women never are told that. So I think it's, it's magnified for women. There are other issues that come up for men, like just disconnection. Yeah
0: their emotions or, you know, different things like that. So that's so interesting to me. And I was wondering if that's how you would answer, but of course I, I didn't know, but that is that <laughs> I, I think about. So, so we have a lot of women who are untrusting of, of themselves. I mean, even me, I, I think about myself growing up, it's taken me, I'm 34 now. It's taken me a really long time to even trust my voice. for for one mm-hmm. for, for one reason or another. It's been hard for me to trust my voice that what I have to say isn't in, in, is important inside of religion or outside of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really, I really identify with that with the fear of can I trust myself? Are is what I feel okay to feel? And so once you are in that place where you recognize that what you're being taught or told and how you feel are are out of balance with each other and you need to acknowledge that, then what? Like how do we start trusting our guts?
1: Practice.
0: So you take action
1: based on your own knowing and see what happens because a lot of us have taken action based on other people's knowing <laughs> and we've had a lot of practice with that but we we take that and we take action we take a step depending on what our heart is telling us to do
0: can you give me an example of of what some tangible steps are if, if we know that we are wanting to take a step forward or, or we're knowing that that we're wanting more answers or or we're just trying to figure things out. What are some of those steps that someone can take if they're making a faith transition? Yeah. So if their gut is telling them that it's
1: time to leave their faith tradition, then some of those steps might be to grieve, Mm. to plan for hard conversations with family members Uh, to get therapy or coaching, to work through it, to build a, a new support system. One of the hardest things about leaving a faith tradition is the loss of this community. So those are some steps that are really common with people who are leaving their faith tradition. Grief, relationship, you know, hard conversations, building community, and then redefining spirituality, like spirituality is just connection with something bigger than you, which is separate than religion. And so, um, if you choose to leave religion or go to a different religion or, you know, it, it requires redefining what, what, what your meaning is, what you're, what you're connected to. It might be nature. It might be, you know, so those are all steps that or common steps that happen when people are leaving their faith tradition?
0: I think, I think this is one of the reasons that it's hard for me to give any input in, which is why I do not answer people's DMS about this question. It's, and it's not because I don't want to be helpful. It's just that I don't want to be hurtful. I don't, I don't want to add mm-hmm. more confusion or, or, or bad, you know, input about a situation that I just feel like is not my place to add yeah. any input in um, at least right now anyway but something that I that I so often see is the confusion that religion and spirituality are are the same thing and that if you that if you shift from this religion or it changes for you then you've lost your spirituality or that you've ruined your relationship with the God that you believe in so, so deeply. Can you talk more about that? Can you help us separate those two things more? Because I know that a lot of people feel like, well, even if I don't believe this aspect of my religious, religious tradition is true, I feel like if I were ever to go against it or make a different choice, then I am abandoning God who. I really love and who I really want to stay connected to. And so I think a lot of times it can feel like we're just leaving everything Mm -hmm. um, to even if we even have the question of, hey, is this fit for me anymore?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, that distinction between religion and spirituality. So religion is like an organized an organization whose purpose is to bring you closer to some, you know, greater being depending on the religion. Spirituality again is just connection to something bigger than yourself. That connection may be to the same god that you were connected to within your religion. So the the purpose of religion is to bring people to a connection with the divine. But you It's not exclusive to religion. You can have people have that all the time without without religion. Um, So those are those are can be connected, but they can also be separated out as different
0: things. Thank you. I I just feel like that's such a powerful uh, separation to make in our minds, because I feel like then that can help us give our own selves permission to explore or, or to, to really think about what it is that we believe in and not feel guilty. I remember one of my friends, um, after we went through the loss of two of our children who we had uh, lost during a very unexpected contested adoption, mm. I was really mad. I was really mad mm. at God. I was so mm-hmm. mad at God, and she told me something that has helped me a lot, but she said, God is God. He she can handle you being mad at Him. Like, God can handle this, and so for me, it was the first time I really felt this permission to not have my relationship fit inside of this box anymore that mm-hmm. I believe God had to fit inside of and that I had to fit inside of, too, in order Uh, for it to be right. And in order for me to be respectful, I I realized that it was doing more harm to me. It was doing more harm to me in my relationship with God, who, who I wanted a relationship with, but who I was really mad at Mm -hmm. and giving myself, having someone else give me the permission that that was okay. And then acknowledging that, like you had talked about, but then giving myself permission that that was also okay. And, and, and that, it was okay for me to rediscover what this new relationship was going to look like. That was a turning point for me that if I would have just kept trying to fit everything into this box, it would have destroyed me and it would have destroyed mm. my relationship with my higher power. So I, mm. I feel that deeply, which is why I love when it can be separated like that. Mm. Now, you, you talked a little bit about what we can do if, if we decide that, you know what, I I'm, I'm leaving this faith tradition. I, I'm figuring something new out. What mm-hmm. happens when someone loves their faith tradition, but maybe there are policies or there are certain teachings that they don't agree with? You talk a lot about how do we personalize our faith? Mm-hmm. So can, let's, let's go there because I feel like that's maybe not something that A lot of people feel like they're allowed to do or know what that looks like or like, well, if I personalize it to me, does that mean I'm going against teachings? So what, what does it mean? What does personalizing your faith mean? Yeah, well, it's a phrase that I made up and
1: that just fits kind of what I, a lot of what I teach. And it's really about whether you're in a religious tradition or not just taking personal responsibility it's not black and white it's not like i have to agree with every single thing in this faith tradition or or i need to be totally out that you can you can interact on your own terms and nobody tell nobody says that right nobody, nobody says does that no you can actually say i i I believe this, I really, this doesn't resonate because I don't, nobody gets it all right. Like we're human, right? Even if people are inspired by God, they're still humans. (laughs)
0: Mm, So
1: ultimately our relationship with deity is our responsibility. It's not mediated through someone else The you know, leader, church leaders jobs is to bring you to deity not to bring you to them. And so it's a personal relationship with deity is you know what what spirituality is to me. And that can include all of the things that are helpful and resonate as true from a faith tradition. And it's not all or nothing. It's not black or white. You can take some things and leave others one of my sisters says we believe everything in our faith tradition that's true you don't have and she tells her kids you don't have to believe anything that's not true so if it doesn't that's resonate so as true then you don't have to believe it
0: that's really good so do you have any suggestions or advice then on how do we make those boundaries so that you know, I don't know. And maybe people, maybe if you're listening to this, you're not like me at all, but I can get, I get a little feisty sometimes. <laughs> I, can get, um, I, I can get really stubborn sometimes. And so for me, if I want to make that boundary, but let's say I'm still going to whatever church I'm going to, and there's things that I'm hearing that I don't agree with. Sometimes I, in my mind, I can, get so upset by those that that's what I focus on and it so it drives a further wedge instead of being able to say, you know, I release that, that's okay, that's that's not what I believe is true, but here's all these other good things. Mm-hmm. How can we create those boundaries so that we can personalize our faith and 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 be a part of a faith that feels supportive instead of maybe getting really mad at things a lot and focusing on those things. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think the anger comes from feeling like we don't have a choice or we don't oh have God. a say, right? So if you give yes. yourself the choice, it's like, oh, I don't I don't but I don't believe that. Okay, moving on, you know, like instead of like I sh- I don't believe that, I should believe that. But I, like, you know, that's where kind of the conflict comes, but if you give yourself permission to kind of take all the good that resonates as true and not take the things that don't resonate. Like, what do you have to be mad about? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, don't there are, I, don't do? mean to, I don't mean to minimize that because there are injustices that are happening in religions that, that we should be mad about. So I don't mean to trivialize that, but but we don't have to be, have everything that we hear and disagree with be some kind of trigger for anger.
0: Yeah, because we have, we have a choice Yeah, and and that's okay that we have a choice. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so in personalizing our faith, how do we then, because something that I know that you are so passionate about, which I love so much is empowering women to prioritize their dreams and then revolutionize their families. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How does all of this tie together? The, the personalization of the, things, the, the the allowance of dreams and then revolutionizing families like how does that all tie because i know it does
1: so i work a lot with with women from the faith tradition of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints because i live in utah which that's the predominant okay. yeah. mm-hmm. religion and um a lot of those women have felt like they can't prioritize their dreams or that makes them less dedicated to their families which is a huge value in the church and so my message has been like it's okay to prioritize the things that are important to you and that includes family and that includes That may include a career, education or hobbies or whatever your dreams are, that they're just as important as your partner or if you have children, your children or your friends. And so the faith tradition kind of has historically idealized motherhood in such a way that it's like that's the only option for women. And then revolutionize your family. that. I do a lot of work on uh, building partnership in families. So versus patriarchy, which is male-led, partnership is partner-led, right? Two men, two women, man and woman. But the adults in the family are equal. Their work is equally valued, whether it's paid or unpaid. Their time is equally valued. They have equal access to resources. They both care for family members. So that's the revolutionize their family. So it all kind of has to do with if you come from a faith tradition, you know, how families are structured and what gender roles have been taught. So that's kind of how they tie together.
0: I I think it was today that you posted this. Oh, I wish I had it pulled up so I didn't botch it because it was so amazing. But it also had to do with when you were asking your spouse or someone in your home, hey, will you help me? With this thing, it, it puts you in a place of, well, that's just, that's your responsibility. You're saying that that's your responsibility for whatever reason. So if, if I ask my husband, hey, will you come help me with the dishes? This is something that I actually do say to him. And, and he, he always will be like... Yeah. I, I'm not helping you. Like, I, I'll do it, but it's like I'm not. My dishes, too. My dishes, too. Mm-hmm. So are there some other things that we can reframe to help revolutionize our homes like that? Yeah, using inclusive language like our, this is our
1: home, our kitchen, our yard, our, instead of my, you know, like, you know, my house. So using those inclusive words. Um, and then Something I'm big on is taking care of each other. It's not just one person's job to take care of the other or support. Like we we all support each other. If there are kids, the kids support the parents too. The parents support the kids. If there's just a couple, they each support each other. It's not one leading role and one supporting actor.
0: Yeah, I remember when we first got married, <laughs> I knew at, at one point in our future that, that we would have kids. I just, because I just thought, you know, that's, that's what I wanted in the future. But as a young 23 year old, that's not, that wasn't our current goal or effort. Mm -hmm. So I remember when we first got married and we graduated from college at the exact same time. And and Mm -hmm. so Mike got a job, which was, you know, expected of him, right. From, from society, from what we're taught. And I started building my company. And the amount of comments starting them that I still get about, well, is Mike the one supporting this or, or like, is he, is he funding this or (laughs) there's just been so like, so, I mean, you probably, you probably hear things like this (laughs) too. (laughs) Like, I I feel like as a woman, we hear so often uh, these dreams that we do have, it's almost like They're cute or they're, um, hobbies, hobbies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like there are hobbies, but really once we kind of get over it or we let the phase go by, then, then we'll actually take our correct role in the Mm -hmm. home or, or family. I would love to hear what you have to say to women who are in the same place where, where they where they have a job outside of the home, or they're building a business, or and, and and listen, if you're a mother or or wife or a student, and and that's not a desire of yours, that's totally okay too. You you don't we don't have to desire those things, but but there also are women who do and and who come alive doing that and who are also very put down for wanting that. What do you have to say to, to them?
1: I can relate. that's what I have to say is that I get it. Um, I felt like I've had to constantly advocate for myself within my religious tradition and within my family, like, Hey, this is actually like a a legitimate thing. Like this is, this is okay for me. (laughs) I've had to convince myself it's okay for me to want things outside of family and it's okay for me to have a life outside of my family and and just to not feel shame about that I felt shame like I shouldn't want this if I were a good wife and mother I wouldn't want more than this and I realized that's just not true like who I am and what My purposes are I have many purposes, and one of those is to to have a family. And there are other ones, too. And they're all valid and they're all equally important.
0: So good. And it's so helpful to remember, because I think I, I think at least from what I hear, and I'm curious if you hear this, too, since you're working with so many women. But something I hear a lot is that women don't feel they're worthy or that they don't feel they're good enough. And if they do anything for themselves or anything that brings them alive, they start feeling guilty. The amount of DMs I get about from women who feel guilty Mm. trying to pursue something that brings them joy, it makes me so sad because I always think if you're coming alive so is your family. If you're coming alive, so are the people around you. So is the world around you. And and that's why we're here, right? We're we're here to come alive and to help bring other people alive. But I also know that a lot of women feel really guilty about that. Are there any things mm-hmm. that you've done or that you counsel people to do when that guilt comes, what are some ways we can walk through it or reframe it so so that we can stop feeling guilty about living life. Mm -hmm. So I
1: always say, include yourself in your circle of care. So you're not more important than other people in your family. You're not less important. So don't, don't exclude yourself. So, and then I'll often ask myself or ask other women, Would you do this for your child? So there was, I have someone I was speaking with who's like, oh, I just can't take out a loan for for school. I just feel, feel so selfish to take that money for my family, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, would you do it for your husband? Well, yeah. Would you do it for your kids? Well, of course. Okay, well, why won't you do it for you? Like, what makes you different? And so sometimes putting kind of changing that perspective helps women realize, oh, I would totally do it for my other family members. I need to look at why I wouldn't, why I'm resistant to to doing it for myself.
0: I love everything we're talking about. <laughs> and in an ideal situation, we would have support in the home to discover these feelings or, or to do things like this for ourselves or to reach our our dreams. And I also am very aware that there are women listening right now who don't have that support at home, who, Mm -hmm. who maybe are putting a lot of effort into trying to build a life that they love, but maybe their spouse isn't on board or their spouse doesn't understand, or the people in their life are very confused by that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What can you tell a woman in that situation to do or to, or to start with?
1: I think starting with ourselves, believing that we are valuable, that we are worthy, that we deserve support is where we need to start. And then start believing that or start, it's not expecting, but but kind of expecting that our family will support us. Why do they get to expect support from you? and you don't get that in return. So it's really hard to shift that once you've started in a relationship that's one-sided. But I know a lot of people who have shifted that. So start requesting more support. Start pointing out, look, this is is the way that I support you. I would like this to be a two-way, like a mutual support. Here's how you can support me. And if you're married to somebody who's really resistant to that, that's it's really, really hard. And I know a lot of women are in that situation. And there are also a lot of women who are married to people who love them and who are like, oh, I just never thought of it. You know? So so you have to work with what you know, what you chose and, and the person that you're with. But I think first start with you feeling deserving, and then start requesting more support and see what happens.
0: I love that we're on this topic right now because I feel like we've come full circle where in the beginning it was we need to start trusting ourselves. And, and now we're talking about we need to start trusting ourselves. We need we need to start believing in what we want. And, mm-hmm. and it's so true. It's, it's this full circle thing. And all the guidance that you've given today has been really impactful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Since we're here, landed on this topic that we also started with. Mm -hmm. I would love for the final thing that we, that we talk about today for women who, who are afraid to trust themselves. Maybe they've tried in the past and it hasn't gone their way, or maybe there are people where they have expressed these feelings and they've just been shut down, or maybe they're just even afraid to, to discover what happens Mm -hmm. if they trust themselves or to make a choice that they haven't made before that, that might, you know, personalize their faith differently than they're currently in it, or they're stepping away from a faith that, you know, they've been a part of their entire life. What is, I guess, like your final thing that you would like to say to them?
1: Say, just take one step just just one little step and try it out and and see see what happens because trusting yourself is a practice and you get better over time so take a little step see what happens take another step see what happens and you're not going to just all of a sudden have you know be overflowing with confidence but little by little you're going to build that confidence in your ability to direct your own life.
0: Thank you. Dr. Julie Hanks, you are amazing. You're doing so much incredible work for so many people online. Could you let everyone know where to come find you and connect with you? Sure. Yeah. At Dr. Julie Hanks on social media and
1: drjuliehanks.com, drjuliehanks or wasatchfamilytherapy.com.
0: We will make links to all the places online that you can come connect with her. Thank you again so much for being here today. Thank you all for joining us. So proud of you. I know that there's so many of you going through hard things right now. And and like we talked about today, it's just one step at a time. And you are so deserving of being able to trust yourself. And I know it takes a lot of bravery. So I'm proud of you. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the I Am Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from you online. So if there's something that really resonated with you, come and let me know. Share a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram at Ashley so I can see what's impacting you the most. It might even help your friends. And remember, every time you ask yourself, am I really strong enough to do this?